On this episode of Getting Scaried Away, we are joined by Patrick Galanti, the drummer for metalcore band Ice Nine Kills. We discuss their most recent tour, his current projects, and finally answer the question, is Patrick Galanti a cult leader? Welcome to episode 30... Something. So yeah, 30... 30 something. 30 million. Who cares? It's it's quarantine. We're all losing our minds. Uh, my name is Ricky, as usual. My name is also Ricky. That's not true. And we are getting scared away. We are a horror-themed podcast where we talk all things spooky, baby. Mm-hmm. And if you've gotten to this point, you most definitely know that. But <laughs> That's true. But if you're a first-time listener, uh, welcome. And we hope you stick around because we've got a great episode uh, planned for today. We've got a great guest and we're so, so thrilled that he could join us today. Yeah. You know that somebody reviewed us on Facebook and called us ASMR friendly. Oh, baby. They like our voices. I think that that's more me than you, but. Okay. Well, that's good. Um, <laughs> just saying. Well, we thank that listener and we hope this episode is just as pleasing to your ears. So today we are joined by a fantastic human, a wonderful musician, and just an all-around great guy. You probably know him best from his work in the metalcore band Ice Nine Kills. He is the drummer for this band, and boy, oh boy, does he hit those skins. <laughs> You're such a loser. I know. I'm being... I'm really, Listen, I'm like two sips of beer in. I'm really hammy, so here we go. Oh, boy. <laughs> I anyway. also have the name Rick in my name. <laughs> That's I'm true. <laughs> oh, we're all Rick. We're all Rick today. Everybody's Rick. <laughs> the, forget, forget getting scared away. Our new podcast is Everybody's Rick. Everybody's Rick. Hi, and I'll do the intro for it. And welcome to okay. Everybody's yeah. Rick. And I'm yeah. joined by Rick and Rick. Thanks for having us, Rick. <laughs> this, is, this is incredible. We're off to the best start. Um, folks, we couldn't be more excited to have him on the show today. Please welcome... Patrick Galanti. Patrick, Hello. thank you for being hey. here. Yeah, thanks for having me. Claps, 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 claps. Yes, I'll throw in a little clap track for you, too. <laughs> oh, cool, cool, cool. Or he'll just leave me saying claps, claps, claps. <laughs> I have a feeling that your production uh, value is is much greater than I expect and that there will be full uh, like crowd noise, um, like audience oh, kind yeah. of feel for this. Yeah, this is... The, all of our listeners think it's a complete live studio audience. Well, so. we, have, we have a whole audience just on retainer. So they're sitting in a warehouse somewhere just like waiting for <laughs> us to... <laughs> yeah. It's our cats. They're our audience. Yeah. <laughs> But Your no, man, this together. Hey, yeah. just scream into the microphone. That's what they normally do. <laughs> <laughs> they do. Yeah. Our cats, if, if you're a regular listener of the show, you know by now that our cats love to parkour in the middle of our episodes. Mm-hmm. They'll just bounce off any surface they can find. <laughs> and it creates a, uh, a real fun environment for everybody involved. And they are the hosts of their own podcast called uh, Getting S- Scurried Away, right? And they're, <gasps> they're just scurrying around. Where have you been? <laughs> <laughs> Wow, what a treat. Welcome to Scurried Away. I'm your host, Rick, and uh, these are my two guests. They're cats. Our cats are also Rick. Rick and Rick, yeah. I'm going to get into the questions in just a second, but before I do... Oh, do you hear them? Yeah. Yeah, 
there they go. They're already she they're found gone. a bag. They're she found the up. one bag left in our apartment. <laughs> so, Patrick, first of all, thanks for being here. This is super dope. We're excited that you could take the time to uh, be with us today. Um, first of all, how are you doing? How are things? Things are good. Um, you know, kind of uh, taken this year of uh, pandemic life and really just ran with it, you know, just doing just doing so good living <laughs> in the pandemic life. Uh, sarcasm. But things are not as bad as they could be. Um, I'm very lucky to be uh, in a city where I have opportunities to continue um, working and, uh, you know, kind of keeping busy while um, being unable to tour. Yeah. So it could be much worse. I'm, I'm still enjoying uh, my time home. So Yeah. And you just moved into a new place. Tell everyone where you live. No, I'm just kidding. Don't, don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> yes, the address is. <laughs> you just say it, and then all of these people start showing up here. I, you actually like got me. I was like, oh yeah, no, I do. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> all of these people are road tripping now to come. Yeah. <laughs> to come see your new place. Congrats on the new place. That's that's really exciting. Um, Thanks. And we were talking before we we started recording, but you had mentioned that before all of this kind of went down, you were right in the beginning. Was it in the beginning or like the middle of of tour? You were in Europe. Uh, we were. I think we had a week left of oh, the, wow. Europe, the European tour that we were doing. Um, we were in Europe with Papa Roach and Hollywood Undead, and throughout that whole tour. It, it kind of started in February. We did a cruise ship um, called Ship Rocked. And there had been talks on this ship about this crazy virus that was starting to outbreak and other cruise ships that had been, uh, you know, kind of stuck at sea, quarantined. And we luckily, nobody on our ship got sick. We all made it off. Um, and then we got into Europe, you know, a week later. And more rumbling, more talk of this virus. And, and we were in, you know, we were in Italy. We were in, uh, I mean, we, we must have been in 19, 20 different countries on this tour. And by the time the last week of the tour came around, you know, the world was basically about to shut down. So we had yeah. to unfortunately cancel the last week of the tour. And within within 24 hours find uh our us and our entire crew flights home um before a band went into place and you know uh just hope that we could get home without any um you know without anybody getting sick you know we all came home and had to quarantine for two weeks i like called my my called my primary doctor and i was like you know what do you suggest i i've just been in 19 different countries in the past two weeks like well, what do you think i should do and they were like right. well you definitely shouldn't see be any be around anyone and new don't like my parents wouldn't even pick me up from the airport my i had to go right to an airbnb like i i literally was like shunned <laughs> but i mean luckily, luckily like none of us none of us got sick um yeah. from that uh and you know that's kind of just when when it all you know, we, we were right on the cusp of when it all shut down. It was like, okay, you have to get home right now. And now, you know, your industry has been completely impacted over the past year with venues shutting down and, right. you know, 
people not having jobs like that's what we that's my job my career is to tour our crew there that's our jobs you know and right. it was like the first thing to go and it's going to be you know the last thing to kind of come back so it's really it's really like a it's really like sad <laughs> like I, yeah sure i'm often very sad about it <laughs> well and that's really wild i mean first of all it's wild to think about the be- like back to the beginning of all of this when everyone was like there's this weird virus and and now we're all just like oh yeah covid okay yeah, yeah like <laughs> it's no it's normalcy now and right. when it was first happening like we didn't really know you know we didn't know the extent of it we didn't know how bad this was going to be and you know <laughs> for us like like i said like we had been traveling so much and you know not doing meet and greets because we were scared of getting too close to people but like at the same time still having thousands of people at this concert like like not doing a meet and greet was going to save us somehow like it, right. we it, it didn't really make any sense yet and now that we know what we know and that we've been living in it it's all like yeah of course of course we're not allowed to have thousands of people yeah. together to watch the show like what the fuck especially a show like yours where it's just like all sweat and everyone right. oh, like yeah. you know there's just so much just body so many people dressed up, dressed up like freddy krueger on top of each other yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah exactly every day is halloween for us it's so fun that actually you know i was gonna wait till later to ask you but since we're kind of on the topic you had mentioned in like previous interviews and things like people come to shows dressed up and everybody's sort of adorned in all these serial killer <laughs> movie monsters yeah. um <laughs> Are there any that you see more than others? Or is there like sort of like a, a standard? Yeah. And it, it is so funny because we could play a show in April and there will be people dressed up like it's like it's Halloween. You know, it, it is a <laughs> it is completely uh, a normal thing now. And I think the ones that we see the most are children in yellow rain jackets um dressed up like georgie we see a lot of georgie we see a lot of um jason masks people are you know we we would we would give meet and greets we made custom jason masks with our logo on them and then just like the entire crowd just has a white (laughs) mask on it's so fun i love it yeah and a lot of uh, people people love the crow makeup that um oh yeah because we have a song about the the movie the crow and people love donning that uh that like you know white and black almost like corpse painty kind of uh, kind of makeup so that's an easy one that people come and do as well this is kind of a weird question and maybe maybe you don't know but i know that you tour to a lot of different countries but here sometimes people are really strict or venues are really strict does it ever become like a security issue where people like can't wear masks in but then they can wear it when they get inside yeah um there actually was a problem that we ran into, especially in uh, in America, where we were giving masks to fans and they were being told that they couldn't wear them just for, I guess, like security purposes. But also, like, what is a 15 year old in a mask? Like, what's like, what's, right. the, what's the problem, I guess? My yeah. Question yeah. Is. I only ask because I've seen it a couple times, specifically when I used to go to a lot of shows at the Main Street Armory in Rochester. Um, they were like really strict with that kind of stuff. I went to a couple of shows there and people were wearing different types of masks or um, things on their head. And, and they're like, nah. I mean, I feel like they're a very strict venue anyways, but I I saw it happening. So. Um, what show was that where people were like wearing masks and stuff? Um. Well, 
I, I feel like people will wear them to any show, but specifically the one that I'm thinking of, and I don't know why. I have no idea why, but it was the used in Taking Back Sunday for some reason. <laughs> so many I people you, were wearing. I thought that you were going to reveal head. that you were a juggalo. <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, well, actually, it was an ICP concert. Yeah, 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 yeah. Lots, oh, of, lots of insane clown posse in my day. So, um, but no, 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 it wasn't. And I, yeah, I don't really know why uh, people were people were wearing them but i think people yeah you know, emo I mean, emo you know for sure right. people, were, people sure. were like wearing face masks like before it was cool or necessary to wear face masks in like <laughs> that scene uh yeah. you know and and uh now that we have to wear them no one's special anymore right no <laughs> <laughs> we're Not all even just a we're all just a bunch of emo rave kids just wearing yeah. our face masks and 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 for us uh, to go along with like not being able to wear masks uh, uh, fans not being able to wear masks i know like they p- fans will try to bring like you know prop like sword like weapons like machetes oh, wow. and like stuff too and i'm like did you guys honestly think that yeah. you know, the <laughs> prop weapon that these guys were going to just let you in with that like right did you think this venue was just going to let you bring a sword <laughs> yeah you should see us when we're when we're flying so like when we would when we tour europe we bring a lot of our props with us um so like we will just have a checked bag that has like a (laughs) fake chainsaw in it a fake machete in it like rubber body parts and we're like i would just hate to be the guy that opens that up in the airport and be like what the fuck (laughs) right yeah just like what are you what are you guys doing yeah it's an it's an insane like the things that we get to say on a nightly basis like where's my chainsaw (laughs) <laughs> did, you guys, did, did you guys forget to bring the chainsaw through security? I'm just like, oh my god! <laughs> Has anyone seen Leatherface? Where's Where's <laughs> Yeah, I'm we've got his apron here. Yeah, yeah, I was just gonna say, uh, d- d- does anybody see the left arm? I have the right one, but <laughs> so that is that's a huge part of the Ice Nine Kills experience in the live show is the you know so many references and and costumes that are tied to these um, iconic horror films. Now, with a lot of those, I'm I'm curious to know, do you? And I know I'm kind of like <laughs> veering off all the questioning that I sent you, and <laughs> we had a we had a very strict script Ricky, I know. and you've gone rogue called it, this is called improvising <laughs> we never listen no it's real big in the podcast world yeah <laughs> who would have thought that is, is that a, a big part of it is a cat oh okay just checking it's a spooky void hey ricky Dottie. the cat say hi Dottie. <laughs> ricky the cat yeah this is yeah. uh this is ricky <laughs> so that's a a very big part of of the live show. Now I'm curious to know with a lot of the characters that we see on stage that we see you guys um in their costumes. Do you have any say over like who's going to be who or do you each have like your own standard? Like I know you're oftentimes in the jigsaw makeup. Yeah. Uh <clears throat> that kind of came about in 2018 when we were doing my first tour with I Sign was on Warp Tour of 2018 and before the tour started, um, you know, we had just this email chain of, Hey, I think I'm going to dress up like Jason Voorhees every day on warp tour and play. And Jason like full garb was our one guitarist at the time. And we were like, that's a really big uh, commitment <laughs> to make on a summer festival tour that you want to don a full, like, you know, work shirt, pants, boots. He had a, he had a prosthetic head, that would made him bald that he would wear. And, and, you know, we were like, well, if you're going to, Oh yeah. And we were like, well, if you're going to commit to it and like Spencer kind of took the idea and ran with it, he was like, okay, well let's all, you know, be something. 
Um, so we all kind of got to choose that first tour. Um, I was a dead camp counselor, so I could wear shorts and a t-shirt and just like get bloody every day. <laughs> Good idea because Perfect. you die at Warp Tour. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, Ricky ended up being like the uh, creepy priest from The Exorcist and Morrow was, uh, you know, a, a version of Michael Myers and, you know, Spencer had his, um, had his like, cut off freddy sweater and and all that so that's like kind of where it started and then as the you know touring for the silver scream uh started you know re- you know really heavily into touring with this album um we kind of put more thought into what characters we could be on stage and what uh you know what we were going to bring to the table there so um, when we did our, you know, when, when JD and Morrow, uh, left the band and Dan and Joe came in, um, our prop master and, and special effects makeup girl, Chevy, who does our music videos and does, and comes on tour with us. Um, her and Spencer kind of went into this, uh, brainstorming session of, okay, like who, uh, who else from the movies that we do songs about could people be? Um, so Ricky has, Ricky's basically always been little Georgie. He's always in yeah. the, always in the raincoat and his microphone stand has the balloon on it. And, you know, Joe, when Joe first came in, you know, they were like, well, let's, you know, Joe's kind of fits the, uh, bill for the crow. Um, so he was doing full crow makeup every night. Um, and then on our headliner last year or in 2019, he, uh, he donned a very Edward Scissorhands looking, uh, looking style. Um, Dan was Leatherface for his first tour. And then on our headliner, he was, uh, Jack from the shining. Um, and yeah, like you, like you said on, on, uh, on our last headliner, I was the playing the jigsaw role. Um, because my, you know, my whole drum riser had his, uh, had the eyes around the drum riser on the skirt. And that was kind of my role to play, but I, I enjoy being um, the cult member more, which is, I think, a spookier character that I came up with, which was, I kind of just hit up Spencer and was like, hey man, I, I really want to wear like a <clears throat> like a bird mask or a pig mask or something on stage, you know, very like back, I wanted like backwoods culty kind of feel. Yeah. And he was like, oh, perfect. In Saw, there's a character that wears a pig mask. And I was like, oh, that works. Um, but I didn't want to wear the pig mask of the whole show because it's awful. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I got Chevy to kind of, um, work with me and do different, like, you know, different makeup looks underneath the mask every night. Um, so we just kind of started experimenting with just like, what's going to look creepy. What's going to look like, like an ice nine cult member. Like that's kind of the role that I started playing was like, you know, blood all over my face weird makeup and then you know i take this fucking pig mask off and i'm dripping with blood and it's like spooky you know ah! i like i like being that guy way more than jigsaw because jigsaw was like what i'm a fucking puppet like okay <laughs> right. i'm a creepy little puppet guy i'm on a tricycle or something like that's not scary to me <laughs> yeah yeah no i love that i love the pig mask and um... but spencer spencer does now like four costume changes in a show chevy comes out as five different actors in the show and gets killed like five times by Spencer. Like these interludes where Spencer goes from being 
from being Freddie to being Jason to being Michael Myers to being Scream to to being uh, Pennywise. Like he is so committed to this like theatrical. Like he he would rather us play a show at Shays rather than play yeah. at you know town ballroom or something like that well, that's where he thinks that our yeah. live show is going to end up is to be in seated theaters giving people an experience that is unlike any other concert that you've ever seen yeah it it, it i mean i love the pageantry of it and mm-hmm. the all the different characters it it's like you know it's our dream it's like a horror a horror <laughs> fan's dream for for somebody who loves all of these films and franchises to see them in also like a music genre that we love to see that all kind of put together. Yeah. I think that's why our, our fan base is kind of so wide because a lot of these movies were, you know, eighties, nineties, you know, campy films that if you, you know, so our, our older crowd are, you know, you know, 30, 40 year olds that grew up watching eighties horror films and have gotten their kids into early horror films and now you know the age range now goes from 10 year olds at our shows dressed up like georgie to you know their parents or their grandparents even that are coming at 50 years old dressed as jason you know it's it's such a cool trick-or-treat halloween family vibe a lot of the time which is not something that you get at like a slipknot show it's not something that you get at you know an ICP show. <laughs> hey, oh, come on. Speak for like, yourself, a, a Bob. People that have cult followings, like our <laughs> cult following is actually like very family friendly. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and like you said earlier, you'll get people that come in April to a show and they'll be completely dressed like it's Halloween. I, for us, that's so, and we've talked about it on previous episodes. We wish it could be Halloween all year round. So, right, if, right. you know, anytime we get the opportunity to dress up for Halloween, we're doing it. So I'm sure a lot of your fans are the same. They're like, oh, yeah. cool. Halloween's our favorite holiday. We can just do it in April now. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a it's a cool excuse um, to have people, you know, celebrate people that have that mindset of like, I wish it was Halloween all year round. You know, for us, it is. And as like corny as that sounds, it's it's a, you know, it's something that people really love and you know yeah well you, at least it's if not you, like if you shopped at hot topic around. once you're gonna like it you know like, you... <laughs> yeah that's a great that's a great mission statement for <laughs> <laughs> i love that i love Slap that. that right at the top of your wikipedia page if you shopped at hot topic, hot topic once you'll love it you'll love it we talked a lot about the theatrics and a lot of the work that goes into that aspect but you're also an exclusive artist of uh sjc drums yeah and and Pisces symbols. And I'm curious to know like what they did to kind of work around that sort of horror theme. Cause I know you have a custom kit and if you can tell the people about it, it is. It's really cool. I, I didn't, uh, I didn't really know what to expect when Spencer came to me with the idea. He had, uh, SJC being, being a drummer in the metal core scene for the past 10 years. Um, you know, Truth Drums, SJC, uh, they were the the big leaders in making crazy custom kits. And, you know, as a drummer in smaller bands, always trying to get like endorsed by a company, 
you know, I was in contact with SJC a whole, a whole bunch during my career, but it was never to really, you know, give me something that was worth it, you know, until I met with uh, Spencer and one of the owners of SJC and they were like, here's, I think that we found, I think we found it. And it, uh, all of my drums now look like, um, popcorn buckets. So red and white stripes and the, uh, that has the Iceland kills logo on it. Like it would like a movie, uh, popcorn bucket and the top, uh, the top rim, uh, of all of the drums is this really cool popcorn design that actually sits like four inches around. It's like jigged out really well. Like the actual pieces of popcorn are jigged out and you know, there's like blood splatter all over. And it's just like this perfect, like movie, movie theater, popcorn vibe. It's like super it's it's just it's so funny looking but it's like it's really well done and it's like yeah it's a it's a campy drum set you know like right. it is what you think of when you're like oh your your drums look like popcorn buckets and then you're like yeah that's exactly what they look oh my god <laughs> yeah. that's exactly it precisely yeah, we're literally looking at it right now it's fun i've only i've and i i've only played it twice because i haven't had it on tour yet it got chipped to me after you know, during the pandemic so I did, uh, or like right before, like right before we went on that cruise, it, it got shipped to me and I did a, I did one playthrough for your numbers up on it. And then I just did another playthrough for Mary Axmas on it. And those have been the only two times that I've actually played this drum set. <laughs> and wow. I had no idea. Those like getting around, like the popcorn itself on the rims is like, it, it's, it makes it, it makes the rims sit another like inch higher. So I have to kind of adjust oh, wow. the way that I play to play on uh, popcorn buckets. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was gonna ask. I was gonna ask if you've broken any of those off yet by like I playing. I, ha- but... I haven't. They're actually like over. Like they're about like a quarter inch. The 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 jig of it is like a quarter inch thick. So the drums oh, are wow. super heavy too. They sound great. Like SJC did a such a good job. And like I said, from I went, let's see, ten months without playing this kit, I set it up in December to do the Mary Oxmas playthrough. I didn't even tune them. I set them up in Ricky's basement and we just started tracking and I literally didn't even touch the, the tuning of the heads and they sounded great. So wow. I don't know if that's something to do with the popcorn probably uh, really keeps oh, yeah. tune. <laughs> I, I would really love to have a popcorn uh, machine maker on stage so that um, it always oh. smells like popcorn on stage. I think that that would be so cool and then you can just like chuck popcorn at people <laughs> if it's like coming out of my drum set maybe like yeah. coming out of the kick drum every time i hit the kick drums popcorn comes out <clears throat> and it wouldn't be like the weirdest thing to have like ice nine kill shows up with their own popcorn machine every day like that's not fucking weird for us like that's no it's totally on brand well yeah. i will say that it would probably be cheaper for you guys to rent one when you get to places than try to Try to fly. <laughs> number one, the number one thing on our rider is just we need a functioning popcorn machine every night. Yeah, or else we don't go on. Oh, yeah, can you imagine else. flying a popcorn machine? Just be some poor airport worker is just like, what the fuck is this popcorn machine doing? In this? I'd have to make a really nice uh, flight case for it so that it didn't um, do popcorn machine break. Probably. Yeah. Oh, oh. yeah. <laughs> Oh, big time. Fragile. Fragile. Yeah, fragile. Fragile. For sure. 
Well, I'm surprised that you've only played it twice. I'm hoping that we get to see more of it. Yeah, it, it will be my touring set when yeah when we're touring again. Uh, but for now, I, I just have like my old kit uh, that I've been touring with for the almost the past ten years is set up in my practice space here, and the, my you know the popcorn kit is with all of our touring gear um, kind of packed up. So you know, I, I wasn't I didn't want to bring this monster of a drum set to to buffalo and have it set up here um mm-hmm. when when i could just you know get my practice kit here so right yeah that makes sense but um, i will have to practice on the popcorn kit way more if i'm gonna want to play it correctly <laughs> <laughs> well for for folks listening who haven't watched the playthroughs definitely check them out they're the one um for mary axmas we also we get a glimpse of the cult member character yeah yeah, he shows that up. was probably my favorite. My favorite look that Chevy has ever done on me is definitely that. Um, super, I don't know. It's just, it's just a creepy, a creepy look, man. <laughs> yeah, man, it works. It gets the job done. You, you feel, you feel icky when you look at it. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> you make me feel icky. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> great. So now that we know that you're not playing your popcorn kit, you're playing your uh, kit that lives here in Buffalo. You do a lot of like Instagram lives, playing some Ice Nine Kill songs. Um, oh, also, I was in the middle of a question, but now I have an unrelated question. Um, there was a one live that I I happened to tune in for where like there was like a copyright thing that happened or yeah. So I'll also give my the address of my practice space if anybody wants to come there as well. Oh, perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, good, good. <laughs> yeah, Thank you. so I, <laughs> I started, so I got this uh, a piece of gear called an iRig stream, um, which is basically like a small interface that I can connect. I can mic up my drums, put that into a mixing board, and then send the main audio out of the mixing board into uh, this interface that connects right to your phone so instead of having to be on like twitch uh or like a youtube live which would require um a much more uh a much more detailed setup Mm -hmm. and really good wi-fi which my practice space doesn't have i figured that it would be easier to do all of my streams on instagram because that's where my followers are that's where i have the most interaction with people and it'll just it's just easier to do that and if i can just stream right into the audio right into the phone then problem solved um what i didn't know is that instagram is very strict about what audio gets played through a live stream so because i'm playing the song is mixed the song is mixed in with the drum tones instagram is picking up the song that's being played and will flag me and stop my live stream and say hey we've uh uh caught some yeah yeah, we we've we've intercepted some copyright uh material so you know and then i can unpause it but if it happens like three times they just stop the live stream um so my way of kind of getting around that now. So, so what it would have had to been is that I would have had to get fearless records to contact Instagram like three days before I want to do my live stream. And then Instagram mm-hmm. would white flag my account for the day so that I could play I stand kill songs without getting shut down, which is insane because I'm yeah. <laughs> the drum because I have 24,000 followers and I'm the drummer of the fucking band. Um, I'm yeah, and stealing the music. I'm, right. I'm not stealing it. And you have to like plan three days in advance when you want to do a live. Yeah. So <laughs> what I what I've done to get around that 
um, is I've actually gotten a hold of all of our uh, show files and all of our stems for the songs. So I can actually just take mainly it's it's the vocals that are a problem. Instagram yeah. will will be, will pick up on on uh, singing um, before anything else. So I can now take the vocals out and just play and take the drums out and just play my drums over a guitar track, a bass track and like production tracks. So right. that kind of gets me around that issue with ice nine songs. Now I went and, you know, did a live on affiances page and did a bunch of affiance songs and some of like three out of the four records I can play. But then one record, it was like, Oh no, no, that's copyright. I'm like, you didn't real all the other ones weren't, but this one, well, even American, I would, I tried to play an American nosebleed song and it shut me down. Like how? How? That's insane. DMCA yeah. is really trying to keep you on your toes. Yeah, and it's like I really would love to, you know, sit down and live stream playing through like, you know, playing through other songs that aren't my bands. Like I would love yeah. to do like, you know, pop playthroughs and do like Halsey playthroughs and do uh, like other bands, but now that I know that it'll like come just shut me down immediately, I I don't I don't know what else to do besides somehow re-record the song that i want to play yeah without vote like i don't know how to play guitar <laughs> i can't just re-record a song and have no vocals in it i can't do that <laughs> right right what a weird thing yeah it, it's i mean to to say that my followers and that the people that watch my live streams would they would still just watch a live stream even if it was just drum audio sure but i i would love to just do it the right way like i want people to experience and hear you know what i'm hearing and hear what the drums in context with everything else so you know when 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 i get in trouble for doing that kind of stuff and then i'm i have to just like now you're just listening to drums and it's like well that's i guess kind of boring (laughs) to a lot of people who like want to hear the song and they're just like i don't care about just the drums like (laughs) Like, that's not something that Ice Nine fans care about. They want to hear the whole thing, you know? Yeah, I was just so curious. I, I found that so interesting because I'm fascinated by the whole copyright business. Um, yeah, a lot of a lot of my, like, the people that watch those streams were, like, tweeting at, twi- at, at Instagram and, like, tagging Instagram in posts and being like... <laughs> and being like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, like, let Patrick play his own band's music, please. Let Patrick play. They were let doing Patrick hashtag play. let Patrick play. I swear to fucking God. <laughs> oh my Lord. That's amazing. My favorite movement. All right. Well, um, <laughs> something on Instagram live that you necessarily don't need to clear with any sort of copyright laws is reading books. How's yeah. that for a segue, Rhiannon? <laughs> yeah. Great. Great segue. Yeah, Ricky Rhiannon, sucks Rhiannon, at segues. It was it was fine. It was I, I would give it a B. Oh, good. <laughs> okay. Well, B's get degrees. Yeah, B's better so, than a C. So with that, I'm I'm curious to to know more about your book club. Yeah. So that actually came from a live stream that I was doing uh at my practice space. Because usually I I play for you know one hour, two hours, and then I just kind of hang out. I set the camera up in front of me on my snare drum and um just interact with the people that are in the, the live stream room and I, I something came up uh someone asked like what my favorite horror movie was and i had mentioned i am legend being one of my favorite movies and how it's based on a book by richard madison and how that's one of my favorite books and 
I think the joke kind of came about. I'd be like, what if, what if I just started reading books to people on a live stream and everyone in the stream was like, yeah, let's, let's do, let's do a, a book club. And then somebody said, call it a book cult. So I'm a cult leader now. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, it kind of just started as me reading, doing just live stream reading. Um, you know, I didn't really expect anybody else to have the book or to be like following along or anything like that. But I've been told that I have a, um, a nice voice to listen to. So I thought that people would enjoy just me reading short stories um, of Richard Matheson, who is my favorite author, who is a very talented uh, short horror writer. Um, so I read through all of I Am Legend, and uh, we are now reading Nightmare at 20,000 Feet, which is another collection of short stories by Richard Matheson. And it's kind of morphing into this. <clears throat> I do it on live, but then my like, 20 some actual like book cult members uh will do a live um zoom chat so they're they all have the book as well now so it's like i'm doing a live stream reading of it and then the people on zoom are following along and then when the live stream is over i can then sit with these members of the book club and we can chat about the book and talk about it and you know i've made bookmarks i've made some merch to sell for it that like the exclusive like members of the club will get first uh first dibs at and um i don't know i, th I just think it was kind of just like a cool thing like nobody like nobody would expect the drummer of ice nine kills to have a virtual book club <laughs> <laughs> yeah i love it i love yeah. that idea it's it's really awesome because i mean horror is is not exclusive to any one medium i mean there's all sorts of different um, avenues of horror so i think you know being in a position yeah. where you're a bunch of ways to get scared exactly exactly so you know i think it's super super cool that you're that you're doing this are there any other um stories that you've been dying to like get your hands on or show people or or anything down the road people can expect um well i've i've made this as of now very uh Richard Matheson based mm. because he, it is all short stories. So they are, it is an easier thing to consume in a small period of time. Um, you know, I can get away with reading one to two short stories in an hour and, um, and you don't have to, you know, reading, reading, I am legend. The full story was harder because we had to take, you know, you take breaks and, you know, I would stop at a certain point and, you know, kind of there's that just like want to, I just want to finish the story, you know? So right. I'm kind of keeping it to the shorter, the shorter, uh, the shorter pieces. Um, and you know, I might just go through every Richard Matheson work. Um, and then after that, maybe move on to, you know, some Stephen King, some HP Lovecraft to stuff like that. That would be, you know, find short, short stories that are easy to consume and entertaining mm -hmm. enough, um, to, uh, to do. So I'm going to, I'm going to finish up, I think with as much Richard Madsen as I can, and then move on to, um, other short stories, maybe That's like, dope. you know, scary stories to tell the dark series, you know, all of those I think would be, uh, you know, easy to do. Like even like, even like a, some goosebumps or something like that. Like those books are so yeah. easy. Stories are so easy to, to read and easy to consume. And I feel like that would keep people, uh, entertained i can tell you right now if you did a goosebump series down the road 
um, people will go nuts for that kind of thing because that's so nostalgic. <laughs> in well, and yeah, of I was itself. just gonna say, especially like our age group, yeah. people are all about that content. Hell yeah, yeah. I mean, and I could probably rip through a fucking Goosebumps book in like two hours. They were made for yeah. children. <laughs> oh come on! <laughs> and also, scary stories to tell in the dark. Those books, those were my childhood. Those stories and those illustrations, especially, are just oh, so yeah. ingrained in your head. Still, still very like scary too like yeah that's, oh yeah there, there's some there's some maths in work and that it's more uh you know more sci-fi ish more you know less pure um and those scares in the dark are just like pure horror writing you know yeah yeah oh yeah you could probably even i mean not that you really want ideas but you could you could probably even go with like fairy tales because sometimes those are really fucking horrifying like some some modern day fairy tale or modern none of them are modern day some some old fairy tales (laughs) that are for children are terrifying yeah like hansel and gretel and like all the the ones that have been like yeah. yeah brothers Grimm. yeah 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 i could see that being i know that there are actually like a few podcasts in the uh world of podcasts that are uh you know based on kind of going down that road of what you thought were children's stories that actually were not children's stories oh, i love that shit because there's so much that like so many stories that you think they're so innocent at, at surface value. And then all of a sudden you learn about them and it's like, Oh, okay. Well, well, that's like my, my grandmother, my, um, <laughs> my grandmother, uh, was born in the twenties and she used to sing us these like children's songs and they were so morbid. Like one was like straight up about the Titanic <laughs> and people just fucking dying. And we all just like sang it. We were like, Oh yeah, the Titanic. Like, People dying and dude, I remember the first time <laughs> Rhiannon sang that song to me just because I'd never heard it. And it was we were a few years into our relationship at that point. Um, but she sang it for me. And, and I, I was took like, a, okay. I took a st- I took a moment and I'm thinking, I know I, I love this person, but what secrets is she holding on to well i I asked ricky to join me in singing the song because at the (laughs) end there's there's a everybody sing along part and it says the husbands and the wives and the children lost their lives while i sing something different and i asked ricky to sing that part and he was like no no i'm not doing that So you, so what you're saying, saying you're not going to do that right now. Like you aren't going to do this performance for me. Or... The children and the wives and the husbands no, lost their lives. Whatever no, the fuck. Ricky, the husbands and the wives and the children. And everybody died, and now the ship is gone. I don't know. Listen, that was basically yeah. I don't. Uh, okay, moving on. <laughs> we'll do it. We'll do it for you after. Just an exclusive. Yeah, we'll make it a Patreon exclusive. So. <laughs> god there, there's so much horror literature that i need to i need to brush up on and I, I know there's a there's a nice nine kills album um that is based around a lot of uh horror literature every trick in the book yeah that was basically you know <clears throat> where the silver scream is about classic uh horror dark film mm-hmm. uh, every trick in the book kind of came about as um you know it was before silver scream uh but right a lot of those 
you know, a lot of the movies, horror movies that are based on books like The Exorcist, um, like, uh, you know, I think there's a song Animal Farm is on there. there there's a whole that that's I'm actually less versed in uh, what every trick in the book uh, is all based on than I am mm. the silver screen. Um, but basically the process was the same where Spencer just threw a bunch of books on a whiteboard and they just started writing songs and writing lyrics. And, uh, you know, a lot of them are works of horror. So, yeah, I mean, it, it is kind of cool that my world connects with, um, you know, there even being a Einstein Kills album that's about books and how I yeah, read books to people. It's super dope. I mean, it's it's such a cool connection. And like you, you had mentioned just now, whereas the um, that album was uh, based around horror fiction and horror literature, The Silver Scream, and we've talked about it um, quite a bit now, but it's all it's all based on uh, horror film. I'm curious to know if there's an, uh, a track on this record that you find most enjoyment playing or or you know because they're all so they're all heavy i mean let's let's not make no mistake about it they're all very very heavy tracks but also very melodic and there's a lot of dynamics and there's a lot happening but some tracks really just like kick you in the ass that breakdown in mary axmas makes me want to punch <laughs> walls it's so heavy yeah uh they're um the writing process when they were writing the silver screen which you know I had nothing to do with. I joined this band uh, at the tail end of them finishing up that record. Um, and knowing that, you know, they were just like JD would just watch these movies and find the little stings and the little parts of the soundtrack and from the theme music from the movie and be able to manipulate it um, and put it into our songs in a such a creative way um you know his his and spencer's vision with with really connecting these songs to the films um just blew my mind um and you know without being the band now um that's still what's cool is that that's still a thing that's happening with these new songs that we're writing um you know every good horror film needs a sequel so that's all i can say about what the next album's about but um, you know, it's, it's still that, um, that theme, like that memorable part of the theme music for that movie being somehow integrated into our songs. And as far as like my favorites, uh, that are on this record to play, or even just to listen to, um, the American nightmare stabbing in the dark and rocking the boat um are three of my favorites just just for the pure fact of having having the connection of the actual music from the film um being present in in the song i think it's just done super creatively and mm -hmm. and, and beautifully yeah i i love that yeah stabbing in the dark that first of all the score the john carpenter score is just so iconic in and of itself so hearing little yeah. Um, homages and and nods to that that sound it's it's done in such a loving way you know if that makes sense well and for fans of of horror and then you know fans of you guys it, it just it's kind of those little things that everyone's like 
oh they did it like that's yeah now we know what that song is or now we know what this is about and there's like those little easter eggs in every song where in stabbing in the dark when you hear the bum 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 and that's turned into just like a melody that spencer does in the background and you know in american nightmare that bum 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 like that happens so many times in Nightmare on Elm Street, like that specific, like five note little sting, it's mm-hmm. changed a little bit for copyright purposes. Like we didn't want to rip it right off, but right. That when you watch that movie after listening to the song and then watching the movie, you're like, oh my God, they do that little five note sting so many times in the movie. It makes sense why that's like the iconic little part in American Nightmare. Yeah. And it almost, it, I mean, for some of those, it almost makes you have this like Pavlovian response of fear uh, or whatever (laughs) that movie made you feel. And you're like, oh, my God, why am I feeling that way? But it's it's just so cool. And I think so unique. Um, That's it. I don't know. I, that was, I, don't, I don't know why I acted like I was going to say more about that. I agree. And and like I said, not being involved in the writing of this record, um, I actually get to appreciate it from a totally unbiased standpoint as well. Like I know that I play all of these songs now, but I get to appreciate it and, uh, you know, give my you know, give my kudos to these guys all the time because I, I mean, I, I can't tell you how many times I'll just like text Spencer and just be like, man, I, w- I was just listening to, you know, rocking the boat and forgot how fucking awesome this part was. Great job. <laughs> you know, it's moments like that when you hear it in a song and it's just like, oh, this is what I get to, this is what I get to play. This is what I get to do for people who are listening. I'm sure you've already listened to this record, but for those who haven't um, do yourself a favor and go through listen to the record and do some research and find out like more about what these uh, songs are based on. So uh, it's yeah, a real make fun a weekend out of it, you know, yeah. Yeah. Listen, to the, listen to one song at a time and then watch the yeah. movie directly after and yeah. the whole day. <laughs> I say you, you watch the movie, then listen to the song three or four times, then watch the movie again. Yeah. <laughs> Just really take it all in, you know, like ab- absorb <laughs> what you think all of this means. Yeah, really try to <laughs> pick it apart. Really just get get into the juices of it. Well, I do. Yeah. I, you know, with um, just going back to something that you said earlier with Spencer, you know, really thinking about the big picture and the stage performance aspect of it being this theatrical experience or something that people haven't experienced before. What I, one thing that I absolutely loved, I remember when I pre-ordered this for you and just the absolute like art of the physical copies yeah. of, you it's, know, I mean, yeah. all of, all of the stuff that we pre-ordered, um, when the silver screen was coming out, I don't know. I, I, I think I was overwhelmed like I knew that it was going to be what I was expecting, but it was so much beyond my expectation. It really dug into the idea of the love and the the uh, appreciation of horror and horror art. Like the the album art is very on brand with, you know, uh, v- like VHS cover art that you would see in Blockbuster walking, you know, the aisles, that sort of thing. Um, and with the with the um, the pre order that that we ended up getting. There was even like a, it was packaged in like a Blu-ray or I'm sorry, like a DVD uh, casing, which, again, speaks to that sort of love of uh, of the genre. So that's obviously like 
huge, you know, a Spencer vision there is, is, you know, how, how many ways can you connect this to movies? How many ways can you connect this to the, the love of horror films? And we teamed up with an artist named Mike Cortada um, from Florida, who's been doing exclusively doing all of our um like merch drops like all that nightmare on the ninth where every month there's a new merch drop based around something he does all of the art for that he's done you know he did the art for the silver screen he did the art for the silver screen final cut um he's been doing you know he did anything that has an ice nine kills logo on it from this era is all by mike cortada um he helped design my drum set he helped you know design all of the kick drum heads like any anything that we have is is going through spencer and mike um to get these ideas onto paper and you know even our even our backdrop uh that that's the the movie it's a movie theater marquee that we were using a warp tour that said ice nine kills on the marquee and there's a you know a, a monster like a demon sitting in the ticket booth and even even just like going into the into the backdrop you can see posters on the backdrop of the movies that we're going to be playing songs about like, mm-hmm. it's just so much attention to detail and so yeah. much um, connectivity with it all and you know it's it's so cool that i i get to you know i tell people like yeah i, I play in a gimmick band now like i i <laughs> i and, and i'm fine with it you know like i went from playing with affiance and i toured with them for eight years and you know i took a year off of touring in between them calling uh, our last show with them and then getting called to do ice nine and it was like you know i didn't think that i was like selling out or anything like that because i was joining a band that i had toured with before with affiance i knew these guys i knew their work ethic i knew um you know everything about these guys and Mm -hmm. knowing that they were kind of you know, I joined at the time where, you know, I joined at the right time. They were on the rise. So I, I don't like yeah. to say that I like, you know, I didn't sell out by joining Ice Night Kills, but I joined a gimmick band and I'm totally okay with it. What um, a cool gimmick. I mean, like, yeah, for real. you know, yeah. I, I don't know. I love it. If we, if we were to pick a gimmick out of a hat, it would, I would it say, would be this. It would, it would be, be this, this specific gimmick. <laughs> Yep. And you know, um, that that's uh and that definitely just goes to show why our, you know, our fan base is so loyal and awesome is because they would say the same thing, you know? Hell yeah. Now we uh we're we're sort of coming up on time, but I just have a few more things to ask you. Um sure. I wanna know uh more about your involvement with Slowburn Studios. What can you tell us about that? Oh sure. Um so my best friend Tommy Biter um, had stumbled into making his own candles at the beginning of uh, 2020, and come April 2020, when I was home, um, home from tour in the midst of the pandemic, I saw that he was, you know, just selling candles to his friends, and I hit him up and I just said, "Hey, man, like." I know that we've always wanted to do something together business wise, you know, in any kind of shape or form. And I said, what if I, you know, what if I put in some money to this? What if I was your partner? What if I gave you some capital and, um, and we got this thing really off the ground because I feel like with my following, I could sell your product 
you know, I, I could sell your product and then also bring other ideas to the table. And, um, you know, he was obviously very into it. So slow burn studios came about as a, just more or less a creative, uh, a creative outlet, um, that included mainly the selling of candles. Um, but also includes, you know, we sell t-shirts, we sell mugs, we sell, uh, photo prints that we've photos that we've taken we have a photo journal that's a cool little collector's piece um you know wax melts uh all sorts of different size candles and stuff like that and it kind of just came this um any kind of creative idea that we had that we thought would sell we just made it and um we're on batch coming up on making batch six um of of candles which is actually going to be a fundraiser uh batch for um elise who works with crown uh crown buffalo the salon that um tommy works at um elise uh was diagnosed with cancer two years ago and is still kicking its fucking ass right now um which is amazing so we're doing a um a strictly uh her her whole imagery for uh for like her, um, you know, donations for her was always a, uh, we call her rose honey. Uh, it was a blue rose. So we're doing, um, just a full line of blue, uh, blue candles from our first batch called fluke. And we're just going to be doing a, a full fundraiser, um, batch. So, you know, proceeds will go to, um, Elise's, you know, medical bills and funds and stuff like that. Um, and then after that batch, we will be another brand new drop with new, uh, new flavors as we call them and, um, you know, other, uh, other products that, you know, we have yet to come up with. Sometimes we just like, Hey, do you want to sell, um, do you want to just like sell a mystery box and just put a bunch of shit in it? I'm like, yeah, cool. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> nice. Yeah. That's awesome. And we'll put a link in the description too. Um, so that people can watch for the next batch drop, um, in case they want to get in on that donation as well. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really become like, all aspects of my life <clears throat> have now really connected with like, you know, my following being mainly Iceland Kills fans that are now slow burn supporters that, you know, are now part of this funny book club that I have um, that are now also finding out about my other bands like Affiance and American Nosebleed that didn't know about that. And it's all kind of like, because of my involvement with Iceland Kills, it really opened up uh my reach to all of these people that didn't know what else i was involved with you know mm -hmm. yeah but i think um also you know these people enjoy who you are as a person so that trickles over as well because i don't think that um you know even though they may love ice nine kills if you were like a garbage human then they might not like yeah. other stuff as well so so it yeah. it speaks to you too that that people like your other shit you so. almost i nearly spat out my beer just now huh? yeah i mean like if i was an asshole i guess nobody would support me huh? <laughs> yeah well i guess like they would they would you know like you and then if they saw your lives they'd be like eh, i don't really know about this yeah like I've once been, they got I to know we'll you pass. as a person you know it's really funny it's just it's just good to not be a garbage person. So congrats on that. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> oh man, that's that's amazing. Don't be a garbage person. I want that on a t-shirt. If we ever do, if we if we do a t-shirt drop, it'll be getting yeah. scared away. Don't be a t-shirt person. 
don't be a t-shirt person don't be don't be a t-shirt well now that's one um, no, no it'll be <laughs> it'll be i'm a dry ass bitch because that was from the first episode that everybody died about that's true and yeah. then don't be a garbage person or a t-shirt person those don't are be a t-shirt person. just the worst don't be a t-shirt of the worst person. oh See, what you that do is be... you get get like a uh sell like long sleeve shirts or sell a hoodie that says don't be yes. a t-shirt don't person. be a t-shirt person Fuck t-shirts. Right. Yeah. Fuck t-shirts. Yeah. All right. Well, it looks like we're starting to make merch now. We've got all of these ideas. <laughs> Don't be a t-shirt person. Don't be a t-shirt person. Oh, no. Oh, dear. Well, in any case, Patrick, this has been really, really great. I'm so thankful that you, you had time to sit with us today and you were a pleasure to have on the show. Thanks for doing this. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me. This was uh, very fun. I, I don't, I feel like I don't get to um, talk to many uh different people in my like you know we're kind of at that phase of like you talk to four different people in your life because you don't want to go anywhere and you don't want to see anybody and like kind of getting a kind of getting a new uh a new interaction with people was very nice (laughs) yeah we talk to each other exclusively so this was yeah (laughs) guests are always so nice (laughs) it's a good thing you have a podcast together because you're just constantly like Hey, what would be better than just living together and seeing each other twenty four seven? We should probably do a podcast. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's capitalize on our relationship. Yeah, you know what else we should do? <laughs> go into business together. This yeah. will be right. <laughs> no problems at all when husbands and wives go into business together. Smooth sailing, not sarcasm. <laughs> <laughs> oh Jesus! Yeah. Okay, so we always end our shows with a bit of advice. Um, so you have you about giving 30? me advice. No, no, no. We give our listeners advice. <laughs> but also, Patrick, don't be yeah. a t-shirt person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you have about 30 seconds to come up with some advice for our listeners. We'll do ours first. So the way it goes is my name's Rhiannon. And my name's Ricky. Eat your vegetables. And get good sleep. And now it's you. <laughs> uh, and don't go camping by yourself. That's just a bad idea. Don't go camping by yourself. Ooh. Good Bring a buddy. Bring a buddy. I like that. I like that, folks. Because of murderers. Yeah. Oh. oh yeah. Yeah. Oh. Oh, not because of like loneliness. No. 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 You're allowed to be lonely. Just don't get murdered. <laughs> Even if you bring someone, you could be lonely. <laughs> and don't I be... guess even if you bring someone, you could still get murdered as well. But... Yeah. That's true. Just, I don't. Don't go camping. <laughs> Just stay. Stay out of the woods. Stay yeah. in your homes. If you want to go camping, do it in your living room. That's a, a my favorite murder uh, reference right there. Oh yeah, I think stay, they, I think stay they out of the forest. They stay out of the forest on them. Yeah. Yep. Oh yeah, huge. <laughs> Listen to every episode. Huge murder fan. I actually I have a one of the first uh, stay sexy, don't get murdered tattoos that they I got mine in 2017, uh, and I've been a murderino ever since. So I love it. I have an SSDGM sticker on my car. Oh. Mhm. Yeah. I don't have a tattoo. Uh, an SSDGM tattoo. Yeah, I, you. I. I yeah. yeah. Well, I would love to get an Elvis tattoo. Um, oh. one of our cats kind of looks like Elvis, a little less cross-eyed, but still cross-eyed. Um, you want a cookie? Yeah. Oh, poor Elvis. Oh, I know. Elvis died. Ricky. Is Elvis the one that had the the meow that was like? Wow. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Meow. <laughs> Hi, welcome to Cat Talk. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> getting scurried away. This is getting, getting scurried, scurried away. With Ricky, Ricky, and Ricky. Ricky. <laughs> All right, folks. Well, this is just about going to do it for us. We once again want to thank our lovely guest, Patrick Galant. No, here's the thing. Did I did I mispronounce it? Galanti? Yeah, Galanti. Oh, thank Christ. Because if I said it wrong, I would delete this whole thing. Yeah. And we'd have to do it Start all. Start over. Yeah. Let me give you just a, a little back, uh, just a 15 seconds about my last name. Please. I I come from obviously uh, mafia ties. Um, obviously. Why would I say that? Obvious. Uh, obviously. <laughs> my grandfather's uncle uh, was a um, was a mob boss named Carmine Galani. And that's how they pronounced their name when, you know, in the back in the day it was Galani. And when my grandmother married my grandfather and they were in Buffalo and not New York City, she avidly said, we are not pronouncing our name that way because she didn't want to be tied basically to Carmine Galani. Um, so that's why we say Galanti or Galante or whatever you want to say. But we usually say Galanti because um, we don't associate ourselves with our mob. Uh, okay, our well, mob we past. have we have a huge wow. mob following, so now. We do. <laughs> and to close out today's episode, uh, Patrick's address is one four four. Oh no! I got a hit out on me now. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> oh man, that's that's a really cool story. That's really really neat. Wow. That makes sense now. Uh, oh my, yeah, so much sense. So my last name is Need uh, Needham and spelled Needham. Yeah. So you need that, ham. That's my backstory, um, <laughs> folks. Thank you for listening. This has been getting scared away. We are so uh, thankful you I joined won't make us. Another joke. Oh please, go for it. This <laughs> is this is our seventh outro, so yeah, we might this, as well this keep it been, on brand. Uh, the what was our name? The Rick Show. Oh, well, everyone, everyone, everyone's Rick. Everyone's, everyone's Rick. Rick. Hi, and okay. this has been getting scurried away. Thank you. <laughs> Beautiful. All right. All right. Thanks for listening. Thanks, Goodbye. Bye.